listening to another episode of a Mindful Moment podcast. I'm your host, Will Nichols, and I thank you for taking a moment to be mindful with me. This is the Gemini Season podcast. Super excited to uh, record this for you all. We're actually doing this live here on, what is it now? Saturday, May 16th at, it's 11.41 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That would make it 8.41 Pacific to our friends on the West Coast. And yeah, we're just going to take a moment to get set up here and then we'll be good to go. And yeah. So it is an exciting time. We're in Venus retrograde uh, right now. So along with almost every other planet retrograde and then mercury and neptune are 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 on route as well <laughs> so yeah almost everyone <laughs> mars is waiting till the end of summer yeah 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 it's like break down the house break down the house so yeah but uh it, it is an exciting time for the inner world and the outer world can kind of seem a little chaotic throughout all of this and I know this uh, season will probably feel a little unstable or a little uncertain and it might feel like you know lots of things are shifting but if you can have a positive perspective uh, as you're going through it then you'll find that the season's not that bad after all <laughs> and it really isn't because I, I think the, the people that will experience the, the most difficulties with all of this are the ones who, you know, ultimately are just over obsessed about how the outer world is and, and what's going on in the outer world, what's taking place in the outer world versus the individuals who choose to go inward during this time. So, you know, and and we'll, we're we're going to talk about the kind of common misconceptions of of retrogrades uh, throughout all of this as well, because a lot of times, you know, retrogrades are like a lot of people think of it as a reverse polarity of the uh, zodiacal sign, and um, in in certain experiences that can be the case, but most of the time it's an intensity, and in the case of Venus retrogrades, uh, that is definitely the case. So there is a a, a sense of you know, deep intensity occurring uh, with the uh, Venus retrograde. So, yeah, it's an intense time, and uh, and we're going to experience all of the the aspects of of how that plays out during this season. Uh, so, I would say strap in, get excited, and uh, get ready to learn. Get ready to learn. Get ready to see things in a new light, and get ready to really redefine and explore the values of what you hold near and dear, what is important to you, how can you uh, really redefine, you know, the things that you love. And then uh, looking at Venus transiting through the houses too, um, we'll, uh, we can take a quick look into that towards the end. But yeah, so to start us off, why don't we just kind of paint a little picture of what Gemini season is all about and uh, what kind of the common, I guess, themes uh and within the realm of Gemini is. So Gemini is um, a beautiful mutable air sign. Uh, and it the, the, the fundamental nature of, of 
Gemini is to to you could say merge duality. So merge uh, and, and combining the opposites. That's really the the main theme. And and there's a lot of uh, analytical aspects to uh, being able to do that. You know, you're gonna have to be able to see all sides of the picture in order to actually bring things together. So part of the fun and joy you could say of uh, Gemini is that wittiness, that quick, you know, the the, the very fast paced mental uh, mind that is that we see as Gemini is ruled by Mercury on the personality level, and then on the soul level, Gemini is ruled by Venus. So. Uh, which is, you know, very interesting during this season specifically because we have both Mercury in Gemini and Venus in Gemini, <laughs> so we get to experience the 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 both natures of that, and uh, and I think that's going to have a a pretty solid effect on on uh, what we're all going to be uh, experiencing. But the nature of Gemini, Gemini is the twins, so it represents you know all sides of 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 who we are as as individuals embodying and embracing the dark and the light embodying and embracing the the masculine and the feminine embodying and embracing the the love and also the fear learning how to work through that and like i said it's a, it's a combining of opposites it's learning how to merge the opposites into this uh kind of and well you're the process of doing that is an explorative state so you're you're in this state of just exploration and that's that childlike kind of curious nature that we see in gemini as well and that's where you see kind of the the twins can be the you know the, we were talking about this uh, the other day where it's kind of the archetype of the jester you know we see this idea of of uh, the the silliness and the curiosity and the fun that comes out through Gemini uh, but then there's also a lot of wisdom in Gemini as well there's a lot of wisdom um, and there's a lot of love and we're going to try and kind of talk about the, the correlation between that uh, because that's very very important um, but like how would you define the 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 twins in 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 regards if we're exploring that kind of side of of Gemini yeah so when I would think of the twins I was I was asking you earlier I was thinking like when I think of Gemini I think you know like there's the difference between the self and the shadow there's the difference between like the lovers so it's like masculine feminine then there's the difference of the external world and then the internal world so there's like extroverted and introverted and there, the duality, the split of duality, I think of that as the twins. I think of that uh, archetypal energy as the twins. And there's a playful dynamic that goes on between those. And even the relationship that we have, let's say, like within our own selves of like, you know, I have all these desires. How do I go and get them? You know, there, there's this act of mm-hmm. um, the goddess in me. How do I uplift the goddess in me? How do I live from the God in me. And there's a lot of just interplay between those. Um, what it tends to happen, and I think this is why Gemini is so necessary and why the highest side of Gemini is, is ruled by Venus, is because, you know, in, in relationships terms, in the ter- terms of the twins, you know, even getting along on a sibling level, we can't really take ourselves too seriously because we lose sight of that community. We, we lose sight of that union between uh, us and the other or the other and us. And there's a sense of, you know, Gemini helps us to get over those walls, those those rigid walls sometimes that the mind puts up, that the ego puts up. Um, Gemini, to me, it really has that sense of, like, the wittiness is navigation. The wittiness is finding the the way through the roughness, through the waters. And to me, I think the twins is uh, ideally where we're supposed to be, and we're not supposed to be locked into one side, you know, like being one this person or being that person, but being 
uh, you know, the joined version of ourselves being uh, our self and our shadow at the same time. And, you know, the shadow could be things that we fear, you know, like, how can you live your life if you are in fear, right? That's the thing that I see Gemini mm -hmm. uh, that teaches me constantly. And part of that is I like to look at my own Gemini placements and I'm like, I kind of like step outside of myself into that air realm and I look at my life and I'm like, look at this guy, you know, like I, I become the jester. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, that's Brent. Ha ah, ha, that's Apollo. And it gives me a sense of um, ability to, to, to look at things from a different perspective. And I think that's really what we're going to see in this season. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like that integration of, of selves into the self uh, is the experience that we are all on some level seeking out, you know, and we do that through a variety of means. We're trying to find it through relationships. We're trying to find it through our own inner exploration. We're trying to find it when we explore our own psychology. We're trying to find it when we dive into spirituality. We're, we're seeking. And, you know, Gemini really says, well, there's, there's always two ways that you can go, but they both are getting you to where you want to want to be, you know, and that's the idea of when you can merge the should I do this or should I do that? Instead of saying that I can either have this, but I can't have that or I can have this, but I can't have that. It's this idea of I can have it all, you know, and I can have it all when I understand that there, there there's really at the end of the day, nothing is opposing each other. Things are just uh, there's polarity for sure, but polarity are just two ways of expressing the same type of energy. So, you know, in regards to the the shadow self and and the the mind and and all of that nature, there's this idea of when we can integrate who we are with what we have been that, you know, like if you look on your past and you you are ashamed of of things that have happened or you feel guilty towards the things that have happened or you look to the future and you feel hopelessness or you feel despair or doubt these are things that are not quite here yet. They're, they're, they're things that you're, you're missing the, the full picture there. And Gemini uh, and air signs in general work in a way that allows us to rebuild our perspective on, on what reality is and, and, and ourselves included. Like you have to know who you are on a, on a fundamental level to be able to understand what reality is. Uh, because once you understand that correlation, there's no separation between that. It's not me and reality or reality and me. It's 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 all one and the same. So uh, kind of tapping into the mind is the, the gateway there, but it's not the final step. And that's where, uh, you know, we can kind of see the if we look at the more underdeveloped side of, of Gemini, it's that mental uh, almost neuroticism, the, the, the stimuli. There's always a need for that mental fixation of something, some sort of stimulus to uh, keep the mind engaged as opposed to when you can approach the mind from a place of love, when you can approach the mind from a place of presence, when you can approach the mind without judging the mind, then there's this feeling of like, ah, you know, there's, there's not this battle going on anymore. So that's when we're, we're when we're talking about merging the the opposites or combining the opposites, it's really about learning how to move out of this idea that you know it's it's the heart versus the mind or it's me versus the world or it's you know this versus that. Instead of seeing things in in that black and white kind of way, things aren't black and white. It's not this or that. You know, 
things are all interconnected. And in that interconnectedness, uh, there's a lot of, yes, contradictions, but there's also a lot of paradoxes that just happen to work. You know, they just they just do work. And the same thing goes when you're integrating your own self, when you're integrating your shadow, whether you're you're dealing with your trauma or you're working through some stuff, whatever it is that you're going through, that integration process is the most important part. That's when you realize that this thing that I have looked at outside of me is a part of me and I have to own that and love it. And in that owning and loving it, you're not creating this false sense of identity, but you're accepting it as a whole part of you. And in that that moment, when you can accept that, that the wholeness that is present within you at all times, that's when you feel that deep, inner feeling of of wholeness and that's what we crave when we're chasing in the outside world even when we're chasing because you know the other side of this is a lot of times when we're doing that type of work we can get obsessed with it where we're just trying to pry apart the mind and and break it all down and figure it all out and you know navigate it and you know for example like when people are trying to heal trauma and stuff like that that's great but you don't heal trauma. Trauma is an experience. It's an experience that you have. And that's the purpose of trauma. So it's not something to heal because you are already whole. So to, to think that you are anything but whole is is kind of crazy and, and ridiculous uh, because it's not the case. So it's not about healing and it's not about, um, you know, con- continuing to operate in this sense of duality and this state of of this or that or or, or this way or that way or, or dark or light or happy or sad. It's just this 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 fusion process that's that's taking place in Gemini is this unification of recognizing that this part of me over here is also a part of the whole me. And this part of me over here is a part of the whole me. So instead of identifying with one of those parts, you can just embrace the vastness of all that you are. And that's the tango, that's the dance of mutability, right? It's being able to embrace all sides, all areas of of who you are and what you are. And that's the fun. And that's the joy, and that's why uh, why Gemini is the the witty, uh, mutable air sign that it is, uh, because it, it requires a lot of wit and it requires a lot of uh, change and, and and adaptability to be able to work through the uh, the the inner workings of of your mind. Because it's pretty crazy in there. I don't know about you guys, but my mind's pretty pretty fucking crazy in there, <laughs> right? So. I think it's also uh, it's, oh, it's yeah. also interesting to come from a such a Venus ruled season like Taurus where we get these perspectives of like maybe we see our lives from what you're saying like that traumatic perspective and we're able to realize like where our minds are actually censored. One of the thoughts I've been having recently with all of this Gemini is the mind is sort of like a magnet and where you're focusing is what you're really pulling to you you know and if you think about the mind as a magnet it's really helpful because let's say that you are focusing on that traumatic experience or that memory that you've been holding on to it's like that's your pull it's it's like the past is seductive like the past is pulling Mm -hmm. you back and it's it's sometimes not about healing as much as it is about accepting and in this last venus ruled season taurus season that we're now moving out of it seems as if we have been able to see these perspectives from a more beautiful perspective. But to be able to look backwards and say, I accept those things because where I'm at now is is mm-hmm. a great place. Where I'm at now, I love the version of who I am, and therefore I accept where I come from. I accept where I have come from to get to where I'm at now. And the thing is, now that we're here, 
in Gemini season, this is a season of change. And it doesn't mean that your whole life is going to change, but it means that those, those minor aspects can change. You know, and that's what I really am looking forward to in Gemini season is like uh, that that idea of needing the external world to be a certain way. I'm I don't need any of that. I'm looking forward to looking to change my internal world. And because of that, I know that the external world is going to change as a result because I'm going to change my magnet to be forward focused. And one of the things that's interesting about the mind is I, I usually think of air signs, right? Do you, you know what I mean? Whenever I say like uh, we jump into the, the realm of the air and it's Libra, it's, Aqu it's Aquarius and it's Gemini. Well, there's a part of the of it that's Libra. And that part is about partnership. It's about connection like you're talking about. It's about finding how you can work together with the parts of you that feel disconnected and the parts of you that feel whole. And that's how you find the wholeness. And, you know, even with Aquarius, it's about getting over the ego of it. It's about getting over the, the fixation of either the future or the past and, and even coming back into the present with Gemini and realizing that the chaos of the mind is only the chaos of the mind because we allow it to be and that we attach to it. So, yeah. No, I feel that. I feel that for sure. Absolutely. Um, so, so where should we go from here? Um, let me just ask you a question. How, how was your Taurus season? Will? Mm -hmm. do you have a good Taurus season after our podcast? Did I have a good Taurus season? Well, uh, yeah, Taurus season was good. There's, I didn't have, you know, I enjoyed it because I'm a cancer moon. And so I, I, I appreciate, uh, being, being in my cozy space <laughs> all the time. Uh, <laughs> so I don't mind that, but, um, but yeah, it was also, you know, there was a lot of, there's obviously a lot of challenges too. When a Venus ruled season, Venus heads retrograde in that season. You know, that's, there. there's all the the issues. And again, it depends on where Venus is transiting through through your chart. But all those uh, those seasons, it's like, especially a Venus ruled season, then we have this potent, potent retrograde that's occurring here, bringing us through now a Mercury ruled season on the soul centered level of Venus ruled season. So it's just kind of continuing over now. Right. right, right. So it's, it, it hasn't really ended. <laughs> In fact, we're just getting started really. <laughs> so, but yeah, I would say the, the kind of intensity, um, has it's, it's not quite peaked yet, but we have had a peak, which was, you know, right before Venus stationed retrograde, which was just starting to bring up all the, you know, the, the shit from the surface. So I, I think that, I mean, for me, at least it's been a very kind of observant season and a big season about learning how to, you know, really ground, especially preparing for this upcoming mercurial season where we're going to be all on the mind and, you know, going at a hundred miles an hour. Um, I just, <laughs> I was telling Brent the other day, I just purchased a grounding mat, <laughs> which is basically a sheet that is cotton, but it has silver lining through it. And then you plug it into like the grounding port. Um, if you're from, uh, North America, there's like in our plugs, there's a, there's a grounding port and, uh, and it grounds you. And I actually slept with it last night. It was amazing. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And I've just been doing everything to, to ground. I've been doing Kundalini yoga and tinctures and I've been, you know, strengthening my nervous system. I got this beautiful skull cap 
uh, tincture and I've got some blue vervain that I've been taking as tea to strengthen my nervous system. But so I've been kind of grounding as much as I can in the grounding season of Taurus uh, before the, the, the kind of crazy ungroundedness really begins, because I think that that's very important too. That's an important aspect that uh, you can never do enough of at the end of the day, right? So uh, yeah, the, otherwise though, Taurus season was a, was a great season and really allowed me to, to get really clear and grounded on, on uh, what, what direction I'm headed in. And it's still clarifying always. And, um, but specifically in regards to relationships and, uh, and personal values too, like what, what the, what are the things that are important to me and how can I, you know, go about really making that, that, uh, the shift necessary for me to, you know, really live life in accordance with, with those values. Yeah. I like that. And one of the things you just said, uh, that, that stood out to me was, really getting getting the vision clear like because i've been taking that time to sort of sit back relax a little bit get into my taurus energy get into my grounding it's allowed me to tap into my vision it's allowed me to see the thing that is almost like an inner flame for me you know i i bought a nice camera a nice mirrorless camera i'm gonna start making videos you know i'm like really excited for all of the different little projects that are beginning and honestly it, it's felt like I, it's like tour season's like the big slumber, you know, it's like the big hibernation. And now it, with Gemini season, with all of what's going on, it feels like time to get out of the cave and to go run around. But part of me thinks maybe that's been hyper influenced by this uh, quarantine that we've been in this, this COVID-19 era. And I'm sure everybody listening who, uh, you know, is interested in astrology and these global events is like at, waiting for us to say like, yeah, it's time to get out of the house and time to go, time to be quarantine free, you know, and it's like, but, you know, mm. I don't think that, you know, I, I don't know if we're necessarily going to have those kind of answers for us. Cause like, even in Gemini season, we're having eclipses coming up. We're having all these retrogrades. It's really an uncertain time. And right now what we're focusing on is finding out how we can be as prepared to uh, change and be adaptable and not to be certain on any sort of outcome of anything but rather setting us up for the future, which, you know, if anything, being adaptable is the season's motto. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would say it's, it's more about adaptability of the mind than it is about what's kind of going on out there. Mm -hmm. Everything that's going on, like, yes, you know, you need to be adaptable to the circumstances that present themselves because there's going to be some changing circumstances that are, you know, going to present themselves to you and you have to be open to that. Um, but it's not really about how you're reacting to the outer world. That's how your your what your relationship is with the inner world. And that's what we're trying to get across here for for the nature of Gemini's. It's not about the like, yes, communication and expression and all of this kind of artistic nature that we see in Gemini's is, is important. And it's important um, in the outer world and in the inner world. But when we are so caught up with how things are going and how we're being stimulated by the the outer experiences, uh, we lose track at what is really important. And that is our connection to our inner being. That's our connection to our inner world. And when we can like fucking honor that in the, in the, in the entirety of all that, that is, and, and for a moment, pull out of that kind of overstimulated uh, mental 
you know, when 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 you're obsessed with the with like if say you're going on a on a thinking spiral, right? I call this a, a thinking spiral when I talk to my clients. It, it's when you just go on a rampage of 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 negative thinking and you just can't stop. It's just consistently, uh, you know, going crazy. In that moment, your awareness is not on the inner world. It's about the situations that are happening in your life, or you're thinking about the hypotheticals, or what could happen, or what has happened, and all that. And it's like uh, it's like overstimulus. Versus, you know, this season I would say is really about just putting the blindfold on and learning to trust that where you are right now is safe. Where you are right now is exactly where you need to be, and where you are right now is getting you to where you want to be going despite what the hell's going on out there because frankly that doesn't matter right that doesn't matter what matters is what are you doing in this moment to feel good to feel balanced to feel integrated to feel whole and uh, to feel worthy of of creating the life that you want to create and that's the fun you know i uh i, I like that and i that reminds me of this time i was recently moved like the other day by jocko willink if you guys aren't aware he's like a uh ex-navy seal i want i think that's right and he's got this yeah. amazing podcast i think everybody should go listen to it but uh he was saying what it feels like when we are disoriented in the world he gave the example of this surfer who gets tumbled under the waves and he's being flipped all in every direction he's being pulled under doesn't know which way is up doesn't know which way is down doesn't doesn't even have a, any idea and the idea here is that instead of trying to just start swimming in some direction you know cuz you might you might start swimming and go further down and and hurt yourself even more you know the thing he said is stop don't try to you know get more disoriented stop and just be here now and breathe through it. And what you can realize then is that that's when you have control. That's when you have the ability to become, instead of disoriented, to become oriented. And he said, you know, the way you find out is you see which way the bubbles are going. The bubbles are going up and that's the way that you swim. And it's such a good metaphor for life and especially in Gemini season because Gemini season feels like being tumbled under waves. It feels like disorientation. It's a lot of thinking. It's a lot of absorbing information. It's a lot of consuming as well as, uh, you know, processing. So the best thing, the, some of the best advice that, you know, any of us can give is just to be here now. That's, I think, an underrated theme of Gemini. And what would you say, Will, are some like just common like meditation tips that you have for finding once again that playful side of the mind instead of that side of the mind that's like, too many thoughts, too much going on, you know, too many directions. How do I change if, you know, because if we think of the air signs, there's Libra, which is indecision, and there's Aquarius, which is like being fixed on one way. And then Gemini's over here, like, which way do I go? How, how do we get back to that playful side? Well, I think it, it starts with um, observing the fact that there's a part of you that is always in connection with that. So when you can observe, hey, I'm not there yet. So, or at least it doesn't feel like I'm there yet. Where do I need to be to get to that place? That's the potency of, you know, what's really going down is realizing that it's a game and it's fun and it should be fun. And yes, there will be struggle. Yes, there will be challenging times. And that's part of the kind of peaks and valleys process. I was talking to a friend about this 
uh, last night. Is like I would prefer to have peaks and valleys than just a straight line. You know, life would be boring if everything was the same and there wasn't that those crescendo moments of amazingness and then those moments that really require us to get as present as we possibly can to our feelings and to our inner inner world. So, you know, when you're sitting there in meditation or you're just trying to get more present on your day to day, being able to to see it as a game, you know, just to just to see presence as a game. And uh and you know, the more present you are, the better of a job you're doing at playing the game <laughs> and the the less present you are then the the not so you know you're not doing so good so and the you notice this because it feels good right it feels good to be present there's a there's a sensation that comes with presence that is just a calm collected state versus when you're in this like crazy neuroticism thinking about what that person did to me five years ago at this time you know or what this person on twitter told me or you know what this what this random what my family member thinks of me and all this stuff like none of that's important what's important is that you're here and now what's important is that you can see the joy of what's here and now what's important is that you recognize the importance of being here and now like that's the that's what matters. So to me, you know, true meditation is just being able to understand what really matters. And that's the that's what we kind of find through meditation is you find and it's going to be different. Everyone's going to say it differently and in a different way and have a different relationship with it. But it all kind of roughly comes down to the same idea, which is that, you know, how deeply do you know yourself and uh, and how deeply do you do you know who you are? So sit with that, you know, and ask yourself that, like, who am I, you know, like, really ask yourself that not just like, oh, I, you know, I'm Will Nichols from Toronto, like, no, 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 like, who are you beyond this, this, you know, meat suit and the clothing on your back and the, 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 the videos or the, the, the things that you do and like, you know, what, what are you? What are you? You're not money, you're not your name, you're not your body, you're not you know, all the things that you have in your life, you're not the experiences that you've gone through. So what is it that you are? And just asking that question will lead you on the path to finding the answer to that. The answer to that is that you're an infinite being of pure potentiality here to experience the infinite in an infinite amount of ways. And that's the fun. So there's no bad experience, there's no wrong experience, there's no negative experience, it just is experience, period. Sometimes we need to polarize it to get the best out of it, but oftentimes that's not really necessary. We just do that because it's comfortable. The, the, the joy is being able to see it all, even the shitty stuff, even the, the hard, the difficult, the challenging uh, aspects of our life. And that, in that moment, that's when we feel the most present to all of it. And Because sometimes it, for, for me, I know, I like to, you know, I've, I've noticed the pattern that I like to feel like I'm doing a lot of things, even if it's not quite necessary for me to do all these things to get to where I want to be. I like it. I like the challenge of it. I like to, you know, in a sense, kind of get in my own way a little bit, not too much, because then it just gets stupid. And, you know, it's not not productive. But when when you kind of cr create a little bit of resistance, it almost becomes fun because you're trying to outcompete yourself. You're trying to do better and, and go better and, and become better and, uh, and, and experience that sense of wholeness again. And that's the fun for me. Uh, you know, other people just like floating through life and, and, 
and and living it in that way and there's no wrong way of living it it's just whatever you want to experience you know so yeah i think that's the that's see it as a game like really and that's really i feel like how we will all survive this season and uh and feel the best throughout it all because it is a game at the end of the day you know it's it's supposed to be fun sometimes it's really fun to just like notice when you're in those scenarios that are the lows the valleys you would call them and just like kind of laugh at them because there are times when i'm like like when i'm feeling some suffering sometimes i laugh and i'm just like this sucks ass you know like i'm like it's hilarious sometimes how down we really can get but you can laugh at it knowing that it's a peak and valley it's like you know a sine wave goes up and then down and then up and down and up and down it's like that doesn't ever stop and it's like you might as well appreciate the moments when you're when you're down because at some point you know rock bottom is rock bottom you know and it's like it, it, you can appreciate the fact that it reminds me of that spongebob episode really you know where he's like stuck at the rock bottom and he can't get a bus going up it's, it feels like that sometimes mm-hmm. when we're stuck in uh in our in our sadness in our depths in our darkness you know it's like you can't catch a damn bus out of the place you can't go back to normal yeah right and in reality it's a game and it's and it's kind of it's kind of funny when you step back from it and you look at it obviously you know things are terrible sometimes but still it's like what's the worst that can happen even within like a dream or something you know it's it's still about appreciating the the beauty of it and i and i love that gemini follows that venasian season for that reason you know it really hits home because we're transversing from the heart from from the the venasian side to the mind and we get to process it and we get to really see it for what it is and when we look at it it's not about judging it it's not about trying to figure it out you know because gemini a lot of the times feels like a hypothesis it's almost like mm-hmm. what happens if i do this what happens if i do that and then we test it and then we it's not about being like damn it i was wrong or damn it i was right you know or woohoo you know it's but it's a matter of just being like this is sort of the the game that we play back and forth so i really like that um if anything uh i don't know what where, where would you like to take this podcast not just from here but like what general intention like what do you really want our viewers to take from this podcast and to keep in their minds throughout this season that's a, that's a difficult well, question to put you on the spot with but yeah <laughs> yeah that's a lot there's, there's a lot there's many factors to that but um i would say that the one one concept that i really want to help people walk away from this from is with the idea that you know within us all there is an element of love and wisdom and they're not separate they're they're together so you can't separate the wisdom from love and you can't separate the love from wisdom so true wisdom is rooted in love and true love has a deep wisdom to it and gemini is the expression of love wisdom right so um, and as you know, you'll see, as we talk about the, the transits in a moment and get into the important dates and the aspects and all that that's going on this season, um, we'll, we'll see how that kind of plays out in various ways. But um, I, yeah, I, I just want people to really understand the importance of the integration of, of love and wisdom and, and experiencing that in all areas of, of their lives, because that's the potent medicine that we get from gemini is that the wisdom that we seek is found through love 
and the love that we seek is found through deep inner wisdom. I, that was that was a perfect answer. I, I threw you on the spot and you you nailed it. And honestly, it, it it's one of those things that people don't seem to get with Gemini. Like anytime I see, you know, obviously this is just kind of a little bit of a stereotype, but anytime I see Gemini on like on astrology memes or just on Twitter or something. You know, everybody's like, Jim and I can't love. All they do is ghost people. All they do, you know, and it's like, that's that's really <laughs> yeah. focusing on that one side. It's not the twins that they're focusing on. They're focusing on, you know, the people who embody only the half side of that. They see the, the two-faced side of Gemini, right? And the thing is, yeah. they really see a half face. It's not two faces. It's half a face. Um, and, yeah, they're not seeing the whole picture. Like, data Venus and Gemini. Yeah. Brent's a Venus and Gemini. Yep. He's single. Yep. Ladies, check him out. <laughs> I'm dating a Venus in Gemini. My girlfriend's a Venus and Mars in Gemini. So, and uh, Mars is her dark ruler too. So it's like, you know, I get the slap in the face <laughs> that, that that Gemini mix yeah. every day. But, um, but yeah, you know, there is a, there's a beautiful um, love that comes from, from the wisdom of Gemini, which we're going to explore uh, this season. And we explore every Gemini season, or if you have Gemini friends or, Gemini dominant people. So uh, I think from there we should get into some of the important dates this season. Okay. Let me ask you, would you would you want to jump into the dates or do you want to talk just an overview about like some of the retrogrades that are happening? I mean, that's going to be, of course, mixed in there. But like, do you want to? Yeah, I, mean, I, I think that would be a good place to start. It's just because already we are this season is being kickstarted with an absolute banger of some some retrogrades coming out. I'll let you go ahead and intro those out, Will. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, first and foremost, right now we have Jupiter, Saturn, Pluto, and Venus all retrograde. Okay, so that's how we start the season. This beautiful Gemini season gets started where, like we said, Gemini, fast-paced, right? They're always trying to keep that momentum going. And uh, retrogrades, they they do slow things down like that's something that's for sure so i would actually say and and argue to the people that say retrogrades are are reflective times they are but only because they slow things down they're not reflective as in it, it shifts the polarity from the out, outer action of that uh planet or, or sign uh, to the inner world but i would say that it's more of an explorative time because it's like i mean if you look at wh what we're experiencing in the world right now when you can't do anything there's kind of nothing to do but explore you know where you're at and what you're doing and, and what's going on so that is the kind of big one the big misconception that I want to really share with people and help people understand is that uh, this this idea that um, retrogrades are just this kind of reflective period and these these energies are are not as potent or they kind of just dull down or and it goes more inward it's like no they're they're pretty potent like they're pretty damn potent and uh obviously we're gonna feel the inner planets retrograding a lot more like mercury venus uh or you know mars but if you look at Saturn and Jupiter retrograde, we we you can tune into that and and experience that uh, as well. So, I mean, obviously we need to talk about Venus retrograde because Venus is in Gemini, Mercury's in Gemini. This is Gemini season, and on top of that, Venus is also the soul centered ruler of Gemini. So, you know, there's a lot going on here, uh, and 
as we kind of talked about in the last episode, if you haven't watched that, go check that out. It's on YouTube and it's on uh, Apple Podcasts and all that. Uh, but we talked about in Taurus season uh, a little bit about the the retrograde and the nature of you know the the re- redefining the values that we have around around uh, this whole uh, the whole Venus experience, which is love and desire and what it is that we're wanting uh, within uh, the realm of relationships and the realm of relating. Period. You know. Uh, and 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 how can we explore the the redefinement of those goals, those dreams, those ambitions, those visions, those desires that we have within us? Uh, but then we also looked at uh, very briefly, kind of the the Venus squares Neptune three times uh, during this season. Uh, Venus conjuncts Mercury, uh, Venus squares Mars, and then Venus will also conjunct the Sun. Uh, so. Yeah, and then we have a yeah. Speaking of a banger of a retrograde, <laughs> we got a banger of a of an eclipse happening on the fifth of June, uh, which we'll talk about too, because that's squaring Mars and Pisces and Venus and conjunct Venus. So you know, or conjunct oppose a, a Venus there. But so I would say you know this Venus retrograde, um, it is happening on a mental level. Like that's that's the definitely what is what is taking place here the 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 mentality that you have towards how you have been relating uh within the areas of of your life uh that venus represents for you uh so look at the the house of of gemini to kind of explore some of those themes a little bit deeply uh but when when you can take the the kind of outside metrics of what determine your value like you know, if you have nice things, you tend to use those nice things as crutches to kind of prove to yourself that you're worthy of these nice things or that you have value, you know, or, you know, I, I like you can you can use it for any you can do that to relationships, too. You can use relationships as a crutch to say I'm valuable and I have meaning and I have, you know, because I'm loved by this person or whatever. But when you do that, you create, you set yourself up for failure because you're putting that thing on a pedestal. You're saying that I require this thing in order to to prove to myself and thus the whole world and the cosmos that I am valuable, that I am worthy, that I I have you know an immense amount of purpose in this world. And um, you don't need any of those other things to to give you that sense. Uh, and, and in fact, when you do rely on those other things, you tend to lose them a lot quicker. Uh, a lot quicker than than you would had you not done that. So that there's something to be said about that. But um, I would say you know the intensity of Venus kind of peaks up until this like lunar eclipse. So that's June fifth, right? So it's just kind of like peaking, 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 and then boom. And then the final kind of remnants of that I believe occur. It's like the 27th of July when Venus squares Neptune for the final time and then eventually passes out of uh, Gemini and into Cancer. So, you know, all in all, this is really about learning how to redefine what what uh, what you need on on a on a mental level to, to remember what is valuable to you. Like, what do you need? You don't need the things. You don't need the the relationships. You don't need the the circumstances. You don't need your ex coming back into your life to remind you that you are sexy or you have value. You don't need someone to validate your experience to prove to yourself that you have value or that you are worthy of whatever things, right? Uh, 
But you do need to define that for yourself. And that's kind of the whole realm of which we are exploring over this season, is how can we define what is deeply purposeful and deeply meaningful to us? And that's going to change compared to what has been the last, you know, uh, perhaps even a couple of years, you know, maybe even a couple of months. So, and that's okay. And I think that's a very important kind of idea to convey here is that it's okay to change. And in fact, it's necessary to change. It's going to happen regardless. So you can be embracing of that or you can resist it. You can fear it. You can run from it. Uh, but the problem with that is you really end up losing your sense of self when you are running from that, you know, when you fear that. So you have to embrace it. Uh, and you have to embrace it in its totality because our ourselves are ever evolving. Our life is ever changing. We're always changing. You know, the only constant really is change at the end of the day. Like that's the only <laughs> constant. Now, you know, on, on, a, on a more, if we were to zoom out of polarity and zoom out of duality, we would find that nothing changes at all. It just is. It always has been and it always will be. But through the active engagement of our, uh, our living experience, we find that, uh, you know, life is responding to us at every moment. Uh, our lives are changing and, and everything is changing. And, and the amount of choices, like one, actually, I was reflecting on this today. I was like, the amount of choices that we have in a single day like millions, we have we make millions of choices in a single day, and and I I just had this vision today where I just saw this kind of like wave where your whole existence of reality, everything was just this kind of these waves of choices, these waves of choices that emanate outside of you, and it's like okay, am I going to think about this thing or am I going to think about that thing? Am I going to go this way or am I going to going to go that way? And am I going to stop what I'm doing? I'm walking right now. I'm going to turn around and go that way. Or am I going to keep going this way? Am I going to turn left? Am I going to turn right? All these choices are going around in our minds every single day. And uh, uh, in the same way that you can observe the variety of choices that you make, uh, right now over this time, we're really taking that observation and we're placing that awareness on how we relate, how we relate to others how we relate to ourselves and the relationship that we have with our own mind. And when we can uh, integrate that experience, and, and by integrate, I mean be fully present to it, be fully conscious of that, be fully aware of these changes that are taking place. You know, like there's, there, even if you're in a, an amazing relationship, there are things that can change and improve it better. Even if you're in an amazing job or you're doing something, you know, even if what you think you're doing is perfect and amazing, there's always room for improvement. And it's in these moments that we realize what exactly needs to be improved. It's in these moments. So, you know, on a, on a, if we look at Jupiter retrograde, it's like, okay, what needs to improve about the structures that we have in place uh, in order for us to thrive and grow within. You know, if we look at Saturn retrograde, what needs to change about the kind of social systems in place? And through that changing of the social systems and through that kind of integration of new social norms, new social paradigms, we can come into a place of building from the ground up, building our foundation collectively from the ground up. And I mean, Pluto's retrograde 50% of the time. So, you know, and the, so there's literally a 50%. Brent and I were joking about that yesterday. He's like, I don't know if I have Pluto <laughs> retrograde. I'm like, well, there's a 50% chance that you do. do. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, and so do I. So do I. Retrograde in Sagittarius. And, and you said that, you said that, you know, it's, it's less about like what the difference between when it's 
direct and when it's retrograde. You said it's just it's just a little bit more intense when it's retrograde. You know, yeah. And it, a lot of that is because yeah. it's like it kind of it's almost like it's a stirring up underneath the surface. Yeah, it is, and that's why like something as subtle as a Pluto retrograde, most people will not notice. You know, even even if you're a, an average astrologer or a professional astrologer, you're not really going to mm-hmm. notice uh, the intense changes unless Pluto is making a very important aspect to your chart during that time uh you know or it's you know your your uh scorpio rising or something like that but otherwise it's it's just we're still living our lives and there's not much changing but the more kind of you tune into the subtleties of reality and the the nature of all the these cosmic layers that are upon layers upon layers that 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 experience uh that we experience and that we get to uh go through then you do you can tune into the subtleties of that. But I would recommend looking more at Jupiter, Saturn, and Venus here in this case because that's where we're going to look at. If you want to look at collectively, then look at Jupiter and Saturn retrograde. But if you want to look at the inner kind of social workings of humanity as well as yourself, then look to Venus retrograde. And that's when we can really, like I said, bring forth the intensity. There's an intense desire within us all. And depending on what where it is in your in your chart, like what needs to change, there's an intense desire within us all to really create a new sense of fulfillment within how we have been relating. A new sense. It's like it's 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 time for improvement. It's time for improvement. So you can either be a victim to that and say, I want things to change, stay the same. I want things to just be like how they were, you know, and just be like, ah, so caught up in that. Or you can just say, you know, fuck it. It, it. Let's just embrace it. Let's just embrace what's going on. And uh, let's say, okay, what would I prefer? What would I prefer? What would I prefer to experience in this moment? You know, how would I prefer to relate to people? Maybe, you know, you you, you feel like you, you just can't find anybody that ha- wants to have uh, or match you on the depth that you, you offer to people. And in that moment, you can create a, a preference that says, I want to attract more people that I can relate to on a really deep level. I want to experience uh, a, a deep connection with people that come into my life where we can really talk about the depths of things as opposed to the surface level. Or, you know, like for me, uh, Venus is transiting through my fourth house. So for me, it's really about, okay, how can I change the way in which I create the foundation of what home is like for me? You know, I'm apartment shopping right now. So I'm like trying to, you know, figure out what will like I'm looking at some apartments and I'm like, oh, these will make me depressed. Like I already know it. Just like just the environment is like, oh, and then other ones I'm like, damn, that's what I'm talking about. But then I'm like, oh, these are also like very expensive. So, you know, but it's I would say it's really about um, exploring new tastes for, for different things in different areas, like for someone like Brent, who has Venus in the 11th house. I would say that that would be more or less exploring the expansion of social circles. How would you like to show up on a more social level uh, to others? And I would say that probably includes the internet as well. You mostly, know, how can you show up? Mostly. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Especially nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I had my first like... post blow up yesterday on Instagram. It was I got a thousand likes and I'm like, I'm not used to that. I get like 50 to 100 yeah. likes. It was like crazy. I was like, yeah. I like this side of Venus retrograde, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But th- that's also like the idea that, you know, you have this this inspiration, this thought that starts in a thought form and then you take it and you say, you know, I want to do something good with this. I want to create something uh, with this. And then you do. And it's amazing. And then, you know, something like that happens. 
So, uh, and a lot of times during these periods, you will, like, this is where the reason that we, we call these periods kind of like the, when people go batshit crazy in regards to relationships and relating is because the, like Venus is like, you know, cranked up the intensity here. And on top of that, we're exploring desires. So when you crank up the intensity on the exploration of desires, what happens is you get things happening really quickly. And this is especially prominent because Venus is retrograding through Gemini, which is the mind, you know, and 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 piecing together the parts of reality. So all of that being said, there's there's this really big emphasis about things are going to happen really quickly. The moment that you make the preference, the moment that you assert the preference of what it is that you like to experience, like I said, if you were just craving more depth, you know, then you might experience multiple people coming into your life that will just give you that deep connection. You're like, holy fuck, I don't know what to do with this, you know? And, you know, I would say chill it down a bit and allow, like, just play with it, right? Just play with it and allow it to happen naturally as opposed to trying to force things or you know hopping on the first thing that you know comes your way uh because a lot of people uh do that during venus retrogrades too and uh doesn't doesn't usually end up that great so yeah <laughs> long term at least you know well you were blowing my mind uh yesterday when you were telling me about these kind of long-term venus cycles man like you were telling me about the last time venus went retrograde in scorpio and last october of 2018 and beyond then and one of the things that you told me that was that, that I didn't even consider was that uh, Venus was is retrograde this in Gemini while the sun is conjuncted. And that's apparently super like it's not a very common time for that to happen. What can you tell us about those sort of Venus cycles just from like a just a touch on it? Like, is it rare to see the sun conjunct Venus while it's retrograde in its home sign of Gemini? Uh, I mean, it's not. It's not rare because technically that happens once it will happen once per Venus retrograde, but happening in Gemini that hasn't happened since for eight years. So what would that be like 2012? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the last time that uh, Venus would be retrograding in Gemini. Actually, I think I have the notes here. I told you I have them. That's an interesting year for that to happen, isn't it? It's like fundamentally the last time we had that that ecstatic change. We, I remember in 2012, everybody was scared of the world ending, and that was a, a Gemini-esque yeah. theme of, like, if you guys don't know, Gemini rules over news cycles. It rules over, uh, like, the collective mind, not just the individual mind, but the collective mind. And uh, 2012 was definitely a year where I, I feel like it was a very significant point for me. Yeah, it was May 15th, 2012, mm. Venus station retrograde, 24 degrees Gemini. And stationed direct on June 27th. So that's like, that's a two day difference from this retrograde mm-hmm. period, like exactly, which is pretty kind of crazy. So, um, but yeah, we, we're only going to see a few signs in our lifetime. Uh, we won't be able to, there's, because there's, it's like a cycle of five, I believe, over what would, f- uh, yeah, the, the synodic cycle of Venus is interesting because it, Venus, if you actually look at the the cycle of Venus um, in perspective to the Earth, it actually creates a five-pointed star, like a pentagram, uh, which is kind of crazy, uh, too, that that just kind of occurs naturally. But that's the retrograde motion, right? Back and forth and back and forth. So, um, so yeah, I mean, the, the, the 
it's every eight years that this will happen again. So there are larger cycles at play here. Yeah, Venus retrograde happens every 18 months, but it doesn't happen in the same sign. Yep. Right. So, um, yeah, we're going to, we won't experience this again till 2028. <laughs> so that's pretty wild, you know? So, um, but yeah, and I think it's even more potent in this case due to the fact that we have this Venus retrograde uh, occurring too when the nodes do shift mm. into uh, Venus, uh, not Venus, Gemini and Sagittarius. And uh, and we'll also have a lunar eclipse uh, during that. that I, I think the nodes really make it a massive event this this season coming around, you know, like, yeah, like the, I would agree. The nodes in Gemini, I mean, if you guys don't know, the moon's nodes it's sort of kind of like the direction of the moon. And you can think about it like how we're all pulled in, in sort of an emotional sense, but more or less in a purposeful sense. You know, when we have the North Node in Gemini, I think generally themes are going to be around, like I said, news cycles. We, we're going to see a lot more changes to those sort of global, the global ways that we share news. You know, we see a lot of uh, fake news being exploited. We see a lot of... Uh, you know, clickbait and all this, you know, garbage on the internet a lot of the times. And I think we're all becoming a lot more aware of it. We're becoming how uh, how aware we are uh, on Twitter, on, on Instagram, of how we share things, of how we all collect collectively work together. Like, especially when we saw this case of, um, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, but the, the guy who got uh, tracked down in Georgia and shot down, it's like, we, you know, we all made a movement to make sure that justice was brought to this guy. And uh, in, with the North Nodes in Gemini, we get to see a lot more of like, wow, we're not really just individuals. We are mm. all connected. We are nodes in this system. And because of that, mm -hmm. we have to understand not just how we work as individuals, but we got to take this a little bit further and say, how are we affecting the people around us? How are the people around us affecting us? How do we influence larger groups? And is that for a good or is that for a detriment? Because a lot of the times, you know, one individual can make a drastic shift to a large amount of people that might not be the best. It might not be the most influential for society. And it's important that we, we pay attention to that. Um, not to say that, you know, we have full control over it, but we, you know, at least that's what the nodes are saying to me. Um, yeah. Not to get too deep in the nodes, but it, it really emphasizes this season for sure. Well, I think it just it it creates uh an, it, it amps it up even more because it it really brings out the the potency of what we're going to be experiencing as the nodes do shift into uh, Gemini and Sagittarius over the next couple of years. So, yep. yeah, I, I feel like that this is kind of we're getting a taste of what can occur when we really do uh, embrace this polarity, which is the uh, unifying duality, unifying duality. And we see this collectively kind of already beginning to take place where we're, we're aware of a lot of the illusions, but there's still a lot of illusions that we're not aware of. And instead of trying to pick one side of things, you know, the right or the left mm -hmm. or the this way or that way or Democrat or Republican, we're kind of realizing the one pointed nature that we need to go as a society is beyond both of those things. The right wing and the left wing belong to the same bird, you know, and that's that one point in nature that we find in Sagittarius. So, uh, yeah, I think observing how this all plays out will be very beneficial to everyone who does such a thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, let's get into some of the important dates going on okay. uh, here. 
So first and foremost, uh, Venus makes its second square to Neptune on the 20th, which is coming up uh, very soon. So that is important because we already experienced the first wave. So Venus is going beep, 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 boom, comes into that square with Neptune, and then it goes stop, comes back, oh, hits it again. And then, like I said, on July 27th, I believe, it'll hit it for the third and final time. So the foreshadowing that we experienced when Venus first hit uh, first hit Neptune, which was, let me get the chart up here, the first square was... Will you uh, also quickly describe what a square does for people who don't like study aspects as well? Yes. So the first Venus square, by the way, was May 4th. Uh, but a square essentially creates uh, kind of problematic or, or, or challenging situations. And out of those challenges are created opportunities. So in the case of Venus square Neptune, this can kind of be a disassociation effect uh, because they're both, it's a mutable square. So it kind of creates this idea of like, what is fact? What is reality? Uh, what is real? What is not real? It's kind of this fight between the heart and the mind. And... Um, you know, uh, so that's why in the beginning of the podcast, I really wanted to reiterate that if if it feels like I have to go this way or that way, you know, just give it some more time, give it some more reflection and find the middle way, find the way of, you know, I, I feel like a lot of times we feel as individuals that we must sacrifice certain things in order to get other things that we want. And to some extent, that's right. Like when it when we go back to the idea of choices, like you're going, like if you're choosing one thing, that means that you're not choosing another thing because you're choosing that thing. So on one hand, you are sacrificing that thing that you could have chosen but didn't. But on the other hand, it it's not quite as black and white like that as as it may appear, right? Uh, where just because you want to have this one thing, and this other thing seems to be incongruent with that one thing that you're desiring does not mean that uh, that is actually the case. You could just be perceiving it that way. And that's what, uh, what that's kind of the illusion that we will buy into. And that's what we saw May 2nd, that first hit, right? That's where we saw that illusion begin brought up. So kind of explore around that time what was brought up to the surface that kind of made you feel like you had to choose between one thing or another right? You had to choose between the heart or the mind. Mm. And, uh, and, and the mind was very compelling, right? And that's the, that's the problem. Cause if, if it's just choosing the heart or the mind and the heart is like, oh, you know, you're in touch with that. It's like a no brainer. But, uh, but if it's the heart and the mind and you feel like, you know, there's kind of this resistance that's coming up, that's that illusionary nature where you're not seeing the full picture, right? You're not seeing the full picture. So, it almost feels like a, like a windshield wiper effect, you know. It's like it's like a, like yeah. it's raining, and the windshield wipers are the squares, right? Where it's like yep. getting really clear on what's right in front of us that we're actually. In. But in that moment, yeah. you still can't see. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's a that's a great analogy, and uh, yeah. So then the second square kind of creates this crescendo of what it is that we're really diving into now. Okay, we had this idea, this concept that came up that that required us to kind of choose one thing or the other, choose the mind or the heart. But now the second time when it's going back, it's saying, oh, did you really have to see it in that way? You know, was it, did it, did you really need to see things that black and white? Uh, and, you know, just think about this for a second though. And, and in the case of 
pretty much any other mutable square, I would be like, all right, you know, like I would kind of say this is something along the same lines if it was, say, Venus in Virgo and Neptune in, I don't know, Sagittarius or something like that. I would say, well, then there's kind of going to be this uh, this interesting dynamic of, I don't know, you're going to get disassociated. And, and th- I, I would say that's a kind of uh, an addiction square where you can kind of get lost in escaping from... Yeah fully experiencing uh the the true desires or you know perhaps your your inner desires are not being uh enacted upon by yourself so you feel obligated to fulfill uh desires that are not in harmony with you know your inner being but here we have venus which is the soul-centered ruler of gemini in gemini squaring neptune in pisces which is neptune's at home in pisces so we have this, yes, it's a square, yes, it's a challenge, but the challenge is the opportunity, and the opportunity is to be able to zoom the fuck out, be able to completely zoom out the view, macro view, not too macro, because you don't want to get lost in the sauce, and and and, but also not too micro, not too, oh, well, if I do this thing, then this will happen, or if I do this thing, then that will happen. It's not about that. It's about that balance. It's about that harmony. And in squares, one sign tends to overpower the other, uh, which is a very common experience. If you think about like squares as like squaring off in a fight, mm. there's going to be one winner, right? There's going to be one winner. And here I would say actually just based off of the transit, like Venus yeah, retrograde yeah. is the more potent one here. Whereas the, that's where I'm saying take this time now to really look at the mind, really uh, dive within, really experience what is it you truly desire. Because if you're just uh, actively within the mind without this kind of more macro uh, Neptunian kind of uh, perspective on, on what's going on, you're going to make decisions out of a reactive place as opposed to a place of presence, calmness, and certainty. And you don't want to ever do that because when you react to your environment, your environment's a creation. It's a byproduct of your choices and what you're creating for yourself. So if you're reacting to your environment, you're reacting to your yourself, but it's not the conscious self, it's the subconscious self. So you're just, you're cut, you get caught in this loop, this, this ever everlasting loop and you want to break free from that cycle and the way that you do that is by focusing on the tangible practical analyzation of what is occurring within your desires what is taking place right now you know oh you have a a desire to experience this thing or you have a desire you have the sudden urge to explore this thing okay but let's zoom out a little bit before we indulge in that because that's where we see the classic Venus retrograde archetype of, you know, making bad choices and all of that. Instead of just indulging in these experiences, let's observe these experiences. Let's observe these desires. Let's observe this need to explore this thing or that thing, you know. Let's, you know, if 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 your ex-partner comes back into your life instead of just jumping on the bandwagon again because the sex is good or, you know, this person, you have this attachment to what has been, uh, how about you just observe the feelings that you're having? How about you just observe the experiences that you're, that you're experiencing and instead of acting on them and doing it, uh, just, just sit with it, just explore it a bit, you know, open up to it. So I would say very much so this Venus retrograde. Above all, most Venus retrogrades, you shouldn't do a lot of a whole lot of action. Venus is not the planet of action. Venus is the planet of attraction. So you want to bring the experiences to you as opposed to going out and trying to force this thing to work out in this way because I just want it to be especially a mutable uh, Venus retrograde. 
definitely not what you want to do. But that being said, this is a time super, super prominently of observing instead of acting, right? Observe instead of react to what experiences come your way. Because there will be some crazy shit, right? There will definitely be some crazy shit that will come up just this season. Like I said, Venus squaring Neptune, that will bring up some crazy shit for sure. We have the new moon in Gemini. We have uh, Venus conjunct Mercury. Boom, we get more of that mental activity, right? Then we have Venus square Mars, right? <laughs> like then we have this, you know, another clashing here. And then Venus gets com- what we call combust in astrology or conjunct the sun. Uh, and then we have a boom to cap it all off a lunar eclipse. And then at the very end of the season, Mercury goes retrograde. So it's like all of this is going on. That's a yeah. lot. And if we're acting while all this activity is going on, we're not going to be able to properly observe how we should act and how we should feel and how we should approach things as opposed to just the innate subconscious reaction, which is not what we want to do. We want to live life in a conscious means. We don't want to be reacting to circumstance because if you react to circumstance, you become dependent on circumstance. If you're dependent on circumstance, you are not a conscious creator. You're not an empowered individual. You are someone who is actually a victim. So long as you're dependent on any outside stimuli, you are a victim to your experience. And what we want to do is move out of that role. We want to move and transcend that. And that's the fusion of opposites. Doesn't mean that we abandon the victim self. On one hand, that's exactly what you're doing. But you don't want to have this abandonment mindset towards it. You want to have this loving mindset towards it where you can see it as an inclusive part of yourself. Yes, it's the scared, traumatized little boy that's within you or a little girl that's within you. But you still have to love that scared, traumatized individual. And you still have to find the 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 purpose of that experience uh, within you. You don't have to live that. You don't have to identify with that. You don't have to say, this is me. He, 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 look at me. I'm a victim, you know, but you do have to say, damn, I love that part of me. You know, I know I, I, when I went through that experience, I learned a lot and it made me into who I am today. And so, you know, having that kind of more macro minded approach to everything during this season is very important because we're going to want to get real specific with the details on this one. That's for sure. You know, any Mercury ruled season is we're we're looking at the details. And and in this case, we're going to be doing that uh, not to our advantage. So we want to be able to have that macro minded perspective in all of this, uh, especially prior to, to Mercury retrograde, because that's going to kind of cap off that. So I would say that all of this this season ahead really will determine how you approach uh, relationships in a new way and are they congruent with the 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 new direction that you're headed in because there's a lot of there's a lot of new pathways that are opening up there's a lot of new opportunities does that mean that you need to jump on the first possible one no way no way especially during this season like, even if it sounds like a, absolutely a great opportunity to do, and I'm not saying don't take action on what you want. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I am saying really, like, reflect on the macro-minded nature of this and realize that if things are kind of happening during this season, especially in terms of relating, you know, if it's like business ventures and stuff like that, okay, you know, like, y- y- there are certain things that are time constraints and you've got to make decisions and say, I'm going to do this or I'm going to commit to this or I'm not. But in regards to relating, in regards to meeting new people, in regards to developing any sort of relationships with new people, in regards to exploring your own values and your sexuality and your desires and your experiences. Really zoom out. Like 
really zoom out. When new opportunities present themselves, like don't don't immediately assume that it's like, oh, Venus retrograde, you know, I shouldn't ever talk to anybody <laughs> during Venus retrograde. It's like, no, this is a great time to really explore more deeply, especially the minds of people, you know, the, the and, and I feel like we can connect to people on an intimate level when we really connect to their mind and their heart, of course. Uh, but I think that's the kind of the beautiful balance that occurs. But that being said, also don't don't rush into things. Definitely do not rush into things. Do not rush into action uh, during this season. There will be decisions that will need to be made, but make sure that you are zooming out. Zoom out before those decisions are made because if you don't, you're going to probably look back on them with regret. And you don't want to do that. Uh, and, and at the end of the day, there is nothing to really regret and nothing to feel guilty of. But naturally, that is a, a byproduct of us not following the path that we desire to follow. So that's all that I'm saying when I say zoom out. Um, but yes, look at the details too. <laughs> Does this logically make sense as well? Like use your use your fucking mind. Don't don't just ignore it, but use it. It like I said, in coherence, in congruence with your heart, not against it, or not just using the mind or just using the heart, but just you know use that use that flow. Does it logically make sense to go after the things that you're wanting in this moment? Does it logically make sense to accept this situation? Or does it logically make sense and from a heart perspective make sense to perhaps wait a bit, right? Then the thing is, if it's meant for you, it's meant for you. Now, I also, there's a kind of contradiction that occurs here. And since this is a season of paradoxes, I want to kind of bring that up. And that is a lot of times people will say, well, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Yes, but if an opportunity comes your way and you do not accept it, you are denying the things that you precisely are desiring to attract to yourself. So also do not deny the possibility of things coming into your experience just because you want to see if it's meant to be, you know, <laughs> it's like, it's like, okay, yes, you, you, it's good to, to kind of understand that this is something that I really want. This is something that I really want to experience. At the same time, if, if you've been wanting something for so long and it's right here in front of you and you're just like, I need to see if this is meant to be, you know, there, there's a kind of, so all I'm saying is, you know, discern for yourself, really, you know, and, and the way that you do that is by consulting your heart and, uh, and then acting from a logical uh, perspective as a result of that. that but that, uh, let's talk about this, this new moon too. Yeah. And then, let's or if you that. want to comment on that. I, the only thing I want to comment on that really, really hit home for me that, I don't think I ever hear people talking about that you mentioned that I, I really feel like is needing to be highlighted is everyone says, you know, quit having a victim mindset, quit being a victim. Nobody says you should love that part of yourself. You know what I mean? Nobody uh, says yeah. that you should hold a space for that version of yourself. Even I don't say it enough. I know. And it's <laughs> like, I, I almost, uh, yeah. when you said it, I was like, wow, like everyone's just like tries it. It's like, it's like we try to shoo it away. It's like, get away victim mindsets. But the truth is like, it's like, it's the mutated thing in the basement yeah. and you just want to keep it locked down there instead of actually creating a relationship with it and setting it. Free. Yeah. That, no, that's, I just, I, I, I wrote that down. I was like, that's, that's a, that's some great advice. I think more people should adopt that, uh, except because there are times when we do feel like victims where we shouldn't deny that, where we should honor that. We should honor that we feel like victims because if we just say like, you know, like this person keeps hurting my feelings and, you know, like, and I'm not going to set boundaries, then we're not loving the victim in us. We're denying it. And in reality, we need to be able to accept the victim in us so that we can be the hero, so we can build a foundation and move forward. 
But yeah, let's go ahead and talk about the the new moon coming up. Yeah, so uh, new moon in Gemini, and to be honest, like, yes, that's potent, but that is really just kind of, I would say, birthing us into the rest of the season. So it's, I, I would say it's a good time to really work on some of the themes that we just mentioned, which is, you know, really learning how to, to, to yes, look at the, the micro, but also look at the macro, unify those polarities, unify the black and the white and kind of combine them into this, this more, you know, you, allow for the full spectrum of color and of experience to be brought forth during this time. And the way that you do that is by being fully engaged with the mind. And that's different from being fully consumed by the mind. Okay. And the difference is when you're engaged with the mind, there's an element of play and there's an element of the realization that you know that you're the one witnessing this experience right now. So it's not that you're identifying with the mind, but that you're engaged with the mind. You're playing with it. You're letting it do its job. You're letting it do its thing. Versus, you know, there's this, there's this also this idea of um, wanting to, to kind of, I guess, identify with the things that have happened to us or, or kind of over, uh, over identify with the thoughts that we are having. And that is a dangerous game to play. Uh, so do not do that and let this new moon kind of really, I guess, in a sense, purify the relationship that you have with your mind uh, because that's very important, not only to your logical mind, but to your creative mind as well because when you can harmonize that, like even the, the crazy creative ideas that you have or the intimate ideas that you have or the the, the desires that, that come up, play with them, but don't identify with them. This isn't me. This, these are these ideas and concepts that I'm having, right? This isn't like I am not my mind I'm not the thoughts that I'm thinking I'm the one witnessing these thoughts and I would say you know practicing and cultivating uh, and making mindfulness a, a very strong priority especially early on in the season will be very beneficial to how you will react to the energy of this season and also how you will uh, be able to respond to everything that happens within your own life during the season because like I said there's going to be a lot of mental energy so which is great but not great if you identify with it because then you go crazy it's not just the mind that's crazy it's you that's crazy and you don't want to do that you want to kind of create that balance and harmony that's very very important so well i I hear what you're saying about the the new moon full moon not being as potent per se because it's already like so amplified but let's talk about what that might mean in reference to the eclipse that's happening this cycle you know like what what kind of you you think that's going to just be like the topping to the icing on the cake here for the, in terms of uh, yeah. like what's really coming, you know? June 5th, write that day down. Everyone who's listening to this, write this day down, June 5th, because that is a very potent day. <laughs> we have the, the full lunar eclipse. We have that all square uh, Mars and Pisces and conjunct uh, Venus retrograde. So, that's the crescendo right there. It all leads up to that. Like there, there's there's stages to this, but there's there the crescendo is there. The so on the twenty second on the new moon, there's also that um, Venus conjunct uh, Mercury uh, happens on that day. So that that is I would say another important transit that's going on during that time. 
Uh, but that's happening quite a few degrees away from the actual new moon. So it's still happening in Gemini, meaning that we'll have uh, Venus, Mercury, the sun and the moon all in Gemini during that time, which will be potent and bring it all out together. But it's kind of nothing in compared to the lunar eclipse that's coming up. But um, so yeah, that, that conjunction though, Venus conjunct Mercury, that's kind of what I was talking about with developing a better relationship with the mind. It's like learning how to utilize the this kind of rearrangement of desires, this rearrangement of you know, what are these things that I'm needing to feel more complete, to feel more whole? What do I need to do in my life to feel like my life is living in alignment with my desires? What do I need to do to experience a, a deeper sense of, of togetherness within within uh, the realm of my mind and my heart? What needs to take place? Uh, and, and can I work with the mind and the heart to give myself the best possible experience I can get? Yeah, I I almost feel like when I think about the ideas of attraction, the idea of the law of attraction, immediately I have to know the first step is what does my heart desire? Mm -hmm. And that comes almost from the perspective of mind. You know, like it's almost from mind I ask, what does my heart want? And yeah there is where we realize that what we're attracting starts with the mind. And of course, like, you know, we can't, we come out of Taurus season, Taurus seasons, I mean, essentially the law of attraction season. And we get to see this last season where we're coming from is like, here's all of our desires. Here's what we want. And then we get into Gemini season and it's, you know, thinking about the perspectives. What would it be like? One thing I love about uh, Aaron Daughtry, if you guys are familiar with him, he he does guided meditations. His meditations revolve around understanding that your mind is powerful. Your mind puts you in a place. You can shift dimensions with your mind. You can jump from one reality to another with your mind. Mm -hmm. And the beauty of that is that you do that sitting still. You do that in a meditation. You don't do that by going up and like, asking your boss for a raise or something you do that when you're breathing and that's to me the the mm -hmm. coherence of the heart and the mind the heart and the mind are the best when working together and i see so often most people's heart and mind have a giant wall between them a giant just brick wall that says like you know like i don't care what that thing says i'm just gonna do mm -hmm. what i think is right and the mind on its own is not as powerful. It needs to be hooked up to that source, the power. And yeah, exactly. And that, that's where it all really the comes from. The mind is from. a tool. What's that? Yeah. The mind is a tool. Yeah. And its power source is uh, is your heart, is a feeling. Yeah, and it's 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 if we're not listening to that, then you know I see this scenario where we're just sitting there with an angel and a demon on our shoulder, the devil on our shoulder, and it's like, which one do we listen to? You know, it's like yeah. It, there's that duality with Gemini. It's that's really how I see it when we're we're faced with these situations. Like you're talking about, zoom out and look at the places where you you want to make these uh, observations. And when you zoom out, you can say, you know, do I want to listen to the hedonistic side of me, the side of me that just keeps on going and doing these things just for pleasure? Yeah. Or do I want to listen to the side of me that is progressing me towards something more meaningful? Um, someone uh, is asking, how can we connect them? 
How can we connect the heart and the mind? I'll let you answer that. Well, how would how do we connect the heart and the mind? I mean, we've been talking well, about that. Well, the first that, but... step is realizing that they're not separate. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we have been talking about that. But the first step is realizing that they're not separate, period. They're not they're not separate entities, they're not separate things. They work in harmony with each other. So it starts by connecting to the heart. It starts by connecting to the heart, getting grounded in your feeling center, and in a sense, extrapolating desire from heart. So the desires will show up in thought form where you'll get a feeling and then that feeling your brain will scan for all these different experiences that will give you that feeling or what you believe will give you that feeling. And then your brain will kind of chronologically or your mind will just analyze all those different things. And that's when your mind starts working. It starts to create these potential uh, scenarios that allow for for your desires to be made manifest. Like, for example, if you desire to feel uh, wealthy or you desire to feel abundant, then your mind will start thinking of all the ways that you can be wealthier, what that would look like, what that reality would look like when you had all these things. And then if the thing is, though, a lot of people just leave that, leave that moment and they just continue on their day. But if you sit with that moment where you do, you get this initial feeling of something that you crave and then you can sit with it and allow your mind to paint this beautiful picture of whatever uh, the thing that you're desiring, whether it's intimacy or money or, or a better job or you know doing more creative work. Whatever, whatever it is that you're desiring in this world, there's an infinite amount of things that you could desire. But in that moment, in that realization that the more that I vividly perceive the things that I'm desiring or the things that I believe I desire because we don't really know how it's all going to happen anyways. But the moment that you can vividly perceive it in a way that allows you to feel it, right? So first it's seeing it and then feeling it and then being it. And that kind of threefold process shows what it's all about. The seeing it is the mind. You're able to visualize it to see what it is that you're wanting. The feeling it is the heart. That's when you can really, you know, tune into the pleasure of receiving the thing that you want or being immersed in the reality where you have the thing that you desire. Uh, and then the final step, which is being it, is the coherence that occurs naturally when uh, the two are working in harmony together, when you're able to visualize and feel at the same time. And that's coherence. That's heart-mind connection. And that's when shit starts to happen really really fast really fast to the point where you blink your eyes and things are happening you know things are coming to you and things are appearing so because it, it's one thing to to visualize it but that's a vision is just an idea it's just an idea in your head right lots of people have many ideas <laughs> many great ideas i should say but they're just ideas because they haven't done anything with them but when you amplify those ideas with feeling that's the juice that it needs to begin working its way into the physical form. And out of the formlessness comes the form. And that form that's created is only created when you become that. So it doesn't, it doesn't happen outside of you. It's, in fact, you technically don't attract or create anything in your experience. You just become it. You just are. Because everything that you see, you are. There's no separation from that because that's what you're creating for yourself. So... If you want a partner in life, you have to be the best partner that you could be. 
prior to that experience happening. Otherwise, you, it, and if you think about it enough and it feels good to you enough, you'll get it, but it won't necessarily be exactly what you want because you haven't had that coherence for long enough. Uh, or you kind of obsess about it and it's not it's not a fully embodied experience but you'll get whatever you 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 become and in fact you can only get what whatever you become so you can only create an experience that which you believe you're worthy of experiencing and you can only create an experience that which you are so that which you're worthy of experiencing is that which you are in this moment or rather what you believe that you are and that's the potency that comes when we connect the mind and the, and the heart is this coherence. And that's called living an empowered life. That's called living a life on your own terms. And that is the moment that we look at life and say, pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. I think, so, I think you mentioned this yeah. the other day, maybe on Twitter or maybe on Instagram, where you were talking about it's so important to first feel to get the feeling right, it's not even about like knowing what you want. It's about just saying like, I'm ready. For, I, you know, I, I'm ready to be happy. And then, mm -hmm. then you might get a thought that says, oh, I would be happy if, right? Or even, yeah. even reversely, it might be like, I want to be yep. happy by doing this. And you say like, okay, well, first, how do I feel that? You know, in, in pranic meditations, uh, or just like Reiki kind of meditations, one of the ways that you can actually activate your heart is by picturing all of the people that you love and then picture them happy and then picture um, your own self and your own life in a sense of happiness. And what you're doing is you're actively activating the heart and you're, you're channeling your focus there. That's using the mind as a tool, right? Because we're thinking of the people that we love. And there, this is sort of a practice that you can get into. There's a practice of what Will's talking about, which is uh, working towards coherence, working towards the state of asking yourself in this moment, what is my heart saying? How does my heart feel? Mm -hmm. You know, we live in this day and age where we're ultimately getting a little bit disconnected from the heart because we're asking ourselves, does this make rational, logical sense? And most of the things that are great about life don't love doesn't make mm. rational sense you know like the thing is that we have to realize life is more than just thinking it or, or logically deducing something and it's about just experiencing it and diving into that experience feeling no matter what so mm -hmm. so yeah and um, i think the we're going to be in initiated into that um through First the new moon, but then right after the new moon, about six days after, we have the Mercury uh, transition into Cancer, which is the heart, which is uh, feeling, which is emotions, which is home and security and what we hold near and dear to ourselves. So I think that shift, especially during a mercurial season like the one that we're in or becoming in, uh, maybe by the time you listen to this, it'll be Gemini season, but during that process... That shift, that ingress is going to be very powerful on how we approach specifically the areas of relationships because, like, this is a Mercury World season, but Venus has taken the reins on this one. Okay, so um, the the relating that we're doing here is with Mercury heading into Cancer, it allows us to really explore 
one expression, you know, from a heart level, what does that look like? What does it look like to express ourselves in a way that honors our heart and allows us to feel secure and 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 more comfortable and confident in our ability to to move forward and and to have the dreams and goals and desires that we have. And I think that that kind of creating that safety net for ourselves, creating that sense of comfort and recognizing like, what is it that we need for comfort? What is it that we need to experience in order for us to feel good and in order for us to feel like we're worthy of having these great relationships or we're worthy of, of having these experiences or we're worthy of actualizing our you know innermost desires. So that's the kind of uh, more, I guess, subtle but not so subtle shift that we will experience over the season. And then right after that, Four days later, on the 2nd of June, we have beautiful Venus retrograde squaring Mars in Pisces. Mm. And that is uh, an interesting clash here. So, like I said, a mutable square is really about understanding how it's it's a force to change that's really what it is it's it's we're being forced to change and in in the case of venus and neptune like i was talking about before that's more on a how you're seeing things type of of level how you're seeing your desires how you're seeing your relationships how you're seeing the the world right that's what's changing when we have venus square mars in pisces then there's this uh kind of the, the the force to change is in our the way in which you're relating the way in which we're relating with both our masculine and feminine energy, the way in which we're relating to uh, our, our dreams and our visions and our goals. So if your desires are changing and uh, you're, you're kind of still attached to the things that have been, well, then there's going to be some, some kind of a little bumpy road here where Mars and Pisces wants to express and it wants to express the entirety of it. You can kind of see Mars and Pisces as like a fire hose that just won't shut off, you know? So it's like, and and Venus in Gemini is this elegant kind of moving around and, you know, m- moving all over and, and, and adapting to, to everything. So that kind of clash that takes place is, you know, Venus wants to be uh, understood. Venus wants to be heard and, and experienced and witnessed as, uh, as the elegant beauty that she is. And, Mars wants to in Mars in, in Pisces in this case Mars wants to express and Mars wants to express in new ways so what are some new ways in which you can express yourself feel heard and yet still maintain that elegance still maintain that uh, authenticity and integrity within your own self and that clash can kind of manifest in, in a variety of ways but I think some of them will have us really contemplating the way in which we relate to our pol polarized energy so men to women and women to men as well as our own inner energies in regards to how we've been expressing our creative uh, sexual energy um, whether it's been in healthy ways or unhealthy ways whether it's been in ways that have allowed us to thrive and 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 you know really uh, excel or whether it's been in ways that have kind of been uh negating our our mental energy and and kind of sucking out that mental energy and then the next day, Venus conjuncts the sun, combusts the sun. So we have this, this kind of that experience of figuring out how to really work with the need to just express our emotions in a, in a deep way while simultaneously exploring that 
the 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 realms of our own desires and and how those are changing you know if we're overly expressing ourselves from a kind of place of neediness while simultaneously you know figuring out what our desires are that overexpression can actually kind of screw us in the end where it'll it'll cause uh, uh more resistance in our path as opposed to if we can kind of channel and maintain it's not it's not about stopping the expression because mars and pisces wants to create it wants to express it wants to imagine it wants to bring the vision into the the, the real life so that can't go away but if you can work with that in a i guess more harmonious way which will require a lot of adaptability a lot of mutability on your end being able to kind of rearrange and and reconfigure the ways in which you allow your inner needs to still be explored and met and uh and honored while simultaneously really allowing yourself to 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 focus on creation to focus on momentum to focus on uh really tapping into the the spiritual side of things too with with mars and pisces but then uh, yeah as i was saying with, with venus conjunct the sun the very next day and the third then there's this there's this kind of potency of energy because this is leading into the eclipse too where we have this deep desire to uh to just completely radiate to break free from the the old clutches of what we believed should be or what we believe currently should be in regards to how we've been uh relating to others on a, on a mental level you know are we are we being honest with our communication or are we kind of hiding things are we kind of like not saying the full truth of how we're feeling of 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 are we not saying the full truth of our desires are we kind of scared at how other people may react to our requests or our desires uh these are all kind of things to be considered during this and uh, very a very important point to make here is that you need to be when venus combusts the sun you need to be aware of uh the state of the ego in the moment are is this whole idea of change and transformation and going after the new desires is that for the ego you know is that because you haven't been getting things over here so you want to kind of like show you over there i'm going over here you know like you know your actions should never be out of a place of i told you so or or uh aha or you know like i'm doing this because you did this you know uh it should never be from that place so if it is from that place like i said don't act wait wait and observe uh and then that leads us into uh the lunar eclipse but do you have anything to to say about uh what was just said or the the lunar eclipse uh um i just like to just to add to your point more or less when i think of like specifically the square between venus and gemini and mars and pisces i really think about how like in my own life or in you guys's own life like where is it that i'm wasting like you're talking about sexual energies but when i think of that it's like how am i wasting my potential am i mm-hmm. just consuming am i just getting lo- am i escaping into video games is it watching porn is it uh, diving into yeah. things that don't serve me am i actually am i just you know doing drugs all the time am i actually just like wasting my mental space maybe it also results in me consuming just consuming anything that's just maybe too much food maybe it's too much uh youtube at times maybe you know it's, <laughs> for yeah. me it's like how do i create and for me what i'm creating is 
ultimately pushing me towards my my truest expression of myself which is just adding to your point which is just saying like for me it's it's yes it's getting closer to that creation point but it's also for me releasing the resistance to say that I need to escape. I need to go play eight hours of video games. I need to go, you know, smoke weed all day or whatever. It's like, I need to remember that uh, those are not means that ultimately lead to my happiness over time. They take from it and they rob me. Mm -hmm. And also the last thing I'll say here is uh, this idea of hope that we have. I was watching the, the Midnight Gospel by Duncan Trussell, his show. And it's so it's such a great, it's a show. great show. It's a yeah. great show. And he was talking about how hope robs us of the you know like I hope my ex comes back. I hope my life gets better. I hope yeah. uh, I make lots of money. I hope that everything improves. Like hope is kind of not the right modality. And I see no. that with Mars and Pisces. I see that with Venus and Gemini. It's like mm-hmm. you know I hope I get more serious about life. I hope that things mm-hmm. all come together. I hope that I start. Uh, waking up at the right time and whatever I hope that I get my life just in order and for me it's it's I need to get rid of those things for me I see this time of like saying like hope is not my friend you know what I'm saying like it's such a funny way to say that but it's the difference between you know hoping are you hoping for these things to happen are you hoping for change to take place or are you knowing that it is taking place and are you enacting upon that knowingness because when you know you do the right things when you hope you do the wrong things you do things that actually perhaps get in your own way yeah and so you know? for like an eclipse like we're, we're so used to this idea of like oh it's unexpected what's going to happen but the truth is like it's an adaptation like when i know that i'm on the right track when i know that i'm on my shit there's not much room for unexpected change to come inside sweep me you know, because it's like, is it really going to throw yep. me off my life, my life path, my life's purpose? Of course not. It's going to mm-hmm. it's going to maybe put an obstacle there, but I'm going to turn that obstacle into an opportunity. And so, you know, for me, an eclipse is not something that's even scary. It's like retrogrades. They don't scare me. I'm just like, I'm like, bring it on, universe. It's a game. And that's how I mm-hmm. sort of feel coming up to this eclipse uh, already. So Totally. Totally. Yeah, and one final point that I want to make before we'll uh, explore the eclipse here is that there's a huge element of um, you need to be mindful of overindulgence during this time, whether it's an overindulgence in negative thinking or whether it's an overindulgence in uh, escapist kind of ideas, like Brent was saying, like, you know, smoking a bunch of weed or doing drugs or, you know, getting wasted or uh, or porn or sex or, uh, you know, whatever it is that you're using to kind of escape the present moment or kind of give you a little smidgen of, of good feeling, um, especially with the Venus square Neptune and Venus square Mars here and against the sun. I would say Venus conjunct the sun will really illuminate those areas for us, but be mindful of them when they're happening too, because it's important to be aware of what's going on when it's happening, uh, not just after it's happened, because, you know, it's better to prevent something from uh, from taking place that may, you know, hurt you down the line than, uh, than to wait until you've already fucked up to say, oh, well, I better do something about that, you know? So, but yeah, especially when I think of Venus square Neptune, it's kind of like you need to be mindful of the areas that you're overindulging. Are you overindulging in 
um, in escapist, you know, mentalities. Like if you're in a relationship, are you overindulging by perhaps, you know, looking elsewhere, <laughs> you know, like looking at other sources instead of you yourself and your partner to give you that sense of satisfaction or in the case of like, uh, you know, your, your inner world, are you kind of overindulging in the negative thinking in that, in that hoping, you know, versus the knowingness and same thing when Venus squares off with Mars, I feel like that's another kind of another point of like, oh, well, you know, I could just, just let go all the way, you know, I could just completely go crazy right now, you know, and I think having a little bit of self-control never hurt anybody, <laughs> you know. It's a good feeling that. though, like when, it's like the Saturnian feeling of like, when you discipline yourself, like it really is the path to freedom. That sense of freedom from accountability it's more rewarding than those escapist tendencies. It's more rewarding than Absolutely. the drug use. It's more rewarding than, you know, all of the other things because you're in control more so than you feel, you know, like when you're like, I'm in control of my substance abuse. It's like you're way more in control when you don't do it, you know, like. It's yeah. Like, it's like. No, like, exactly. Yeah, like sometimes fighting it is like literally like everything to me. What I've been learning is everything is a battle. You know, like when I wake up in the morning, like it is a battle to get my head off of the pillow. And when I do it, I'm like, I just won that battle and I get to keep winning more and more battles. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I just want to share this one quote uh, from James Allen, who kind of really just touches on the whole idea of self-control. It's in a great book called As Man Thinketh. But he says, in speaking of self-control, one is easily misunderstood. It should not be associated with a destructive repression, but with a constructive expression. A man is happy, wise, and great in the measure that he controls himself. He is wretched, foolish, and mean in the measure that he allows his animal nature to dominate his thoughts and actions. He who controls himself controls his life, his circumstances, his destiny. And wherever he goes, he carries his happiness with him as an abiding possession. Renunciation precedes regeneration. The permanent happiness which men seek in dis dissipation, excitement, and abandonment to unworthy pleasures is found only in the life which reverses all of this, the life of self-control. And I feel like that idea that, because when we think of self-control, especially someone who is not someone who's very self-controlled or self-contained, they think, oh, it's just about cutting out all these things as opposed to, no, it's really about cultivating like you were saying that Saturnian kind of structure to things where I can express myself in a structured way right like that's expressing yourself in a structured way is still an infinite way mm -hmm. but it is your chosen your conscious way as opposed to just letting the animals kind of you know run loose here so right all that being said though I think that really is a great lead up to this eclipse here because uh the lunar eclipse in Sagittarius square mars and pisces and conjunct venus i'm already planning to run away well what do i do <laughs> <laughs> well i feel like there there is going to be an element of escapism as there is when you're dealing with mutable energy period there's always an element of like when we think of consistency we think of fixed signs we think of that stability and you know we've been in taurus season which has been a pretty you know just kind of moping along the whole season 
But now we're entering the season of change. This is when spring turns to summer. This is when uh, we really kind of come out of the shell, so to speak, and can start to dance around, can start to explore, can start to expand and express in, in a variety of ways. And I think this this lunar eclipse is really showing us uh, that one-pointedness that we find in Sagittarius as opposed to thinking about, because I feel like all up until about the 5th of June, we're going to be contemplating so many new things. And we already are, if you haven't noticed, like coming out of the, coming from the Venus shadow period into Venus retrograde like that. There's been so much to contemplate. There's been so much to contemplate in regards to relating and desires and all of that. But it's just going to keep increasing, increasing, increasing until boom, the crescendo, which is the lunar eclipse that's bringing us to that point where we can really look at it all and say, okay, I've contemplated enough. Where do we go from here, right? What's the direction? What's the forward motion? Does that mean that you need to know the right path? And wait, wait, No, it just means what direction are you going in? You know, you think of Sagittarius as the archer or the centaur or whatever you, however you want to see it. When you're shooting an arrow, right, you don't necessarily know that it's going to land on the target, but you're going to just, you know, release you're just you're going to release that and you're going to pick the direction that you're putting it in. And that's the choice that we have here. And that's what this lunar eclipse is really bringing us. So, again, lunar eclipses are not time for manifestation and doing things and trying to force things to work out. But rather, the book is called As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. It's a really old book, but it's an incredible book. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's not about forcing things to happen. It's not about saying I need to go this way or I need to go that way. But rather, what direction would I like to shoot my arrows of desire? In? What direction would I like to you know, progress forward into? Where would I like to assert myself? Uh, in what direction would I like to push and pour my creative energy uh, towards? You know, And this is kind of like a because it's an opposition, it's actually a T-square, right, with, mm. uh, with Mars in, in, uh, in Pisces here. I just also realized I'm having like a grand mutable cross <laughs> going through my chart as I'm looking at all of this. I'm like, that's damn, funny. that's going to hit my ascendant and Mars and yeah. oh, shit. But uh, you know yeah, what so add, Will, I feel the, like the, 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 the target <laughs> that you're talking about aiming with Sagittarius, it's sometimes it's not necessarily that you're like just looking for a place to shoot an arrow, but rather it's that you're pulled in that direction. You know, it's it, like when you pull an arrow back, you're aiming at a target, but that target's in your mind already. You know, it's not like something that you're yeah. not just shooting in the like, oh, I'm going to shoot this way now. It's like it's not it's not that mutable. You know, it's it, it really yeah. is very. It, the, no, it's true. The target pulls to you and maybe for reasons we don't know. So I just want to add yeah. that. Yeah. And, and I think the point there, though, is like you don't. Yes, you're shooting an arrow to try and get the target of whatever you're shooting at. But the joy is in shooting the arrow yeah. you know, yeah. and, and picking where you're going to shoot that. You know, you, you have the power to shoot that at your buddy over there or you have the power to shoot it at the target, you know. <laughs> so I think that choice and that's the choice that's really being brought out of this. But like I said, the choice is not a uh, forced choice. It's something that will emerge coming out of this. And the choice that emerges comes from, uh, comes actually in direct relation to what we have been in a sense uh, releasing, what, what, kind of uh, paradigms and perspectives that we've been releasing regards in regards to relating in regards to the Gemini Venus kind of uh, qualities of everything that we've been experiencing. But you can really see it as uh, there's places that we need to go, but there's things that we need to do first, right? There's, there's a direction that we're headed in, but there's, it's like, it's like, okay, 
you know, you want to run a business, okay. But there's a lot of paperwork that you have to do when you run a business. There's a lot of logistics that you have to do when you run a business. There's a lot of technical backend stuff that you have to do. When you... So it's like, you know, Gemini is making sure that we're taking care of the, the details of everything. The sun is making sure that we see it. We really, it's lit up. We can see it right then and there. And then conjunct Venus, like, look at it. Look at it. Look at what's here. What needs to take place. And then, then once that the logistics are taken out, then naturally the direction we, we just go there. Yep. Like it, it is not something that we need to force or something that we need to try and figure out, but rather just something that we need to observe and kind of get all the, get all the, the end stuff in order. And then once it's in order, then, you know, it's like business can run itself so long as the, the end stuff is, is taken care of. Yeah, exactly. you know, once, well, so. What, what degree is the lunar eclipse happening at? 15 degrees. Oh, damn. That's that's awesome. Yes. Right next to my north node. Yes. <laughs> so uh, any, uh, you know, uh, especially mutable risings, uh, when you have this eclipse on your angles, very, very powerful for Virgo risings, Gemini risings, Pisces risings, and Sagittarius rising. So, yes, that will uh, kind of, like I said, be the crescendo of, of everything that this venus retrograde is bringing us into and then finally at the very end of that after all of that we have mercury retrograde in cancer which is once again bringing uh bringing forward those those deep kind of insecurities within ourselves like what okay like you know we have these kind of new concepts these new ideas that are happening and occurring um and uh by the way venus is only retrograde venus will station direct about what would that be like a week after uh, Mercury heads re- retrograde, it's on the twenty fifth. So yeah, yeah, about a week after uh, Mercury stations uh, retrograde. So we we'll, we have about a week with Venus, Mercury, Pluto, Saturn, Jupiter all retrograde, and then Venus stations direct, and then we have a little bit of a. I mean, it's not going to be a calm summer, but we have a calmer summer than if we were to have Venus in the mix of all that. But then we get beautiful Mars coming into the end of summer where Mars will head station retrograde in that too. <laughs> but that being said, uh, Mercury retrograde and that, especially that one week period of like the finale of the Venus uh, retrograde station, that's going to be the moment that we can really say, uh, okay, you know, what do I need to give myself a feeling of, of, of deep inner security? What do I need to give myself a feeling of deep inner security and say, okay, uh, where do I go from here? Right? Where do I go from here? Once you know what's gives, what gives you comfort, once you know what makes you feel good, once you know what, you know, gives you a, a deep understanding of, 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 who you are, what you are, where you're going, and and you ha- you you can take the time over this season, which I hope you all are, to to redefine what 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 what's meaningful to you, to redefine what's important to you. In that moment, a deep sense of security is created, and you know how to express yourself. You know what you need to give yourself uh, the most secure kind of uh, you know outlook on where to go from here so i would say mercury retrograding cancer is really about uh what do we need to feel mentally secure you know what do we need to feel mentally at home with ourselves and what needs to change too you know so uh but i think that's pretty much all i have to say about that and i'll just leave you guys with the final uh, uh mantra associated with gemini 
which is I recognize my other self. And in the waning of that self, I grow and glow. Mm. So grow and glow this season and allow yourselves to really thrive as you explore who you are uh, and what, what, what values you have. Beautiful. Honestly, the best mantra in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so, I uh, think that Sagittarius mantra is pretty good too. I like that one. Which I, it, what I is see it? the goal, I reach the goal, mm-hmm. and then I see another. Yeah, which is a very, uh, very common theme for this season as well. So, Will, thank you for having me on the show. It's been a great, oh, a great podcast. Hey. Every podcast getting better, getting uh, getting better every time. That's how it is. Constant momentum. Yeah. In the long term. Uh, so, yeah, thanks, everyone, for, for joining us uh, live. And if you're listening to the podcast, thanks for listening to the podcast uh, via here on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, depending on where you're listening to us from. We appreciate the support. And make sure you go ch- follow us on Instagram, Twitter, for all the goodness, at I am Will Nichols, at Alchemist Apollo. You can check out uh, Brent's website, alchemistapollo.com. And you can check out my website if you want to book a reading or you want to work with me or uh, read the blog. Brent's got some great articles on his uh, his blog, so go check that out. And yeah, my website's iamwillnichols.com. Love you guys. Have a great one. And uh, yeah, thanks to everyone who was tuning in live.